0: But the moment a Christian YouTuber, do not get me on my soapbox, (laughs) we're gonna talk about this later.
1: Was it fair to say you kind of changed your mind or softened your position on that?
0: Well, actually, I think actually the opposite direction. You know, as much as I I love the brother, you know, um, I would probably put him in the category of not recommended only because. Do you think there's ever a time and a place to say
1: this person? is not a Christian. Like, where would you draw that line at? You know, I
0: mean, if I'm going to throw out some names, you know, I'll probably... I... You know, but that doesn't mean I'm against speaking in tongues. Of course, right? right. Once they start saying those type of things, then I am personally comfortable to then label that person as a false teacher. If I'm being completely transparent, I was I was able to connect with a friend of mine. Who... Bruce Line. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable safety.
1: Uh, this man showed up looking like an MMA fighter. Uh, you can't see it on video, but I promise you, uh, he's rather intimidating looking now. He looks amazing. Uh, one of the leading voices in the online content space. Mr. Alan Parr, thank you so much for being here, brother. What's going on, You like that intro? With that intro, I don't even know where we go from here, brother. (laughs) Man, uh, I want to come back to the fitness topic because I think that's a very encouraging topic and it's something that I've worked on um, extensively. I'm about 10 pounds down. We'll come back to that. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I want to come back to what I think may be a misperception, misconception of you, uh, which is when the topic of Calvinism comes up. (laughs) people tend to assume that you are a five-point Calvinist. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, first, if you could define what Calvinism is. Yeah. Um, you went to Dallas Theological Seminary. Yeah. Right? So you're like super-duper actually versed on this stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of folks on YouTube aren't. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So um, can you define what Calvinism is and— what what like, kind of like briefly what the five points are, and then kind of where you you would say you deviate on some of this stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, first of all, glad to be here, man. Super excited to uh, hang out with you and your uh, listeners and your viewers. So um, it's interesting because oftentimes what happens is when you adhere to the final, the fifth point of Calvinism, Mm -hmm. which is the P, which we'll talk about in just a moment— Uh, Perseverance of the Saints, mm-hmm. for many people who already know what that is, mm-hmm. people automatically assume if you hold to that one, yes, then you are automatically a Calvinist. So yes. for those of you not familiar with Calvinism, Calvinism is basically a, a school of, of theological thought or belief that was really spearheaded by uh, a reformer called John Calvin, who named John, John Calvin. Calvin. And interestingly enough, there is an acronym, TULIP, mm-hmm. T-U-L-I-P, each one of those letters stands for one of the key tenets or points of Calvinism. But it's interesting, John Calvin himself wasn't even the one that even came up with yep. that acronym. And so, uh, for those of you not familiar, I'll quickly talk about it. The T is total depravity. Mm-hmm. And this is the idea that we as men, mankind is totally depraved. Mm-hmm. In other words, our mind, and our, we do not have the ability in and of ourselves to. To uh, to respond to spiritual truth, we don't have the ability to uh, um, to save ourselves. Our minds and our spirits are completely sinful and totally depraved. We were born in sin, shape, and iniquity, uh, and so you know that that means that in order for us to be saved, God has to take the first step. Mm-hmm. He has to quicken our dead spirits and say, "Okay, let me now breathe life into this person," so that. Uh, because without that, we're depraved, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, the easiest way to explain it would be if I were to go to a cemetery right now, and I would preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. As hard as I'd be preaching the gospel to those people, nobody would be able to get saved because these people are spirits; they're dead. They're mm-hmm. physically dead. Mm-hmm. they can't hear me. Right. They're unable to respond, and that's kind of the idea there. Yep. Uh, the U is unconditional election, okay. right? And and so um, you know, this is the idea that. Um, you know, God is choosing uh, God is going to choose uh, those who He is He's going to save, right? Uh, it's not conditioned upon anything that we do. Mm-hmm. It's not conditioned upon us being better or it's not even conditioned upon me choosing God first and then God responding back and mm-hmm. choosing me, right? So he does the choosing. It's all God. Salvation is all the work of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then, uh, so once again, unconditional, not conditioned upon anything. So that's the U. The L is limited atonement. Mm -hmm. And this is where I personally struggle, if I'm just being honest, with the five points of Calvinism, which is the idea that the atonement that was accomplished on the cross was limited only to those who were elect. Mm -hmm. So God, before the foundation of the world, chose who was going to be saved, And therefore, when Jesus went to the cross, he only died for the people that uh, that God had already previously. He he died
1: for the church, basically,
0: not for the world, not for the world. Right. And that's where if people would just allow me to have a little bit of freedom to say, you know what, I'm still working through these things. Mm -hmm. I'm still working through. And I think it's okay for us, to because Mm -hmm. there's so many scriptures where it talks about Jesus died for the world. Mm -hmm. And so I struggle as many of the theologians over the years have struggled with how do we harmonize this idea that okay whosoever will let him come mm-hmm. versus you know uh, he predestined us right yeah. so that's the that's the L the I is irresistible grace and that's the idea that if you are called by God if He elects you mm-hmm. as His son or daughter you will be saved. Mm-hmm. You cannot resist this grace; it's irresistible. Mm-hmm. You might try, yeah. you might try to reject, but eventually, God's grace is going to prevail. God's grace is going to win, yep. and therefore, if you are if you're chosen before the before the foundation of the world, His grace is irresistible. It's impossible for you to reject it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then the P is perseverance of the saints or preservation of the saints, depending upon sure. how people take, take basically look at it. One is kind of from God's perspective; the other is from man's perspective. We'll take the perseverance of the saints as the idea that those who are truly saved will not fall away. Mm -hmm. They will not apostatize. They will not leave the faith. They will not denounce the faith. They will continue to persevere. Preservation of the saints really focuses more on God's ability to preserve those whom he has saved. Yes. I believe in definitely 100% four points, the T, the U, the I, and the P, I'm still kind of working through that L. <laughs>
1: what, a, uh, what a what 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 a condensed, clean <laughs> summarization of Calvinism you just gave us, man. That was great. Okay, so I got I got so many so many questions and thoughts, and I and I got a way you can reconcile the L. Okay, okay. So you went to Dallas Theological Seminary. Yeah, that's the real deal. Oh yeah, you was really in in the immersed in the theology side of it. We in Christian hip hop went through a Calvinist phase. I'm not sure if you knew, you know this, but mm-hmm. after my buddy Kirk Kennedy uh, got connected with John Piper, Christian hip-hop was brought into John Piper's church. John Piper gets exposed to Lecrae. He gets exposed to the show the 116 guys. And so those guys, Lecrae's album, Don't Waste Your Life. He had a song called Don't Waste Your Life on the Rebel album. I think they worked on some, gave away books, John uh, John Piper books at uh, his concerts, and partnered with him on some stuff. And so, like from I would say 2006, the tail end of Cross Movement to As Lecrae was Mm. exploding. There was a massive just influx of Reformed theology in. Christian hip hop to the point where they had John Piper, they had Paul Washer speak at their uh, at a, at Legacy Conference in Chicago, mm, right? Nice. So I'm talking not only just all of the Christian rappers. I'm talking folks like Jackie Hill Perry, Genetics, the the Poets in Autumn, the Poetry Side, Ezekiel, Preston Perry, um, and so it created this like. Framework for a lot of us to kind of build on because many of us came from kind of like seeker mega churches, right? Yeah. And so there was a hard switch to that. And this is right as Mark Driscoll was exploding. Oh yeah. And he was taking off. And so um I'll be honest in that I went through a phase of Calvinism. Mm-hmm. Um and it was good because it gave me such a strong appreciation for the scriptures. It gave yeah. me such a high value for the scriptures, which one of the beautiful parts of Calvinism is that the Reform, focus on the scripture, the scriptures. focus on yeah. the scripture, sola scriptura, the solas, all these different things. And when I was really into Mark Driscoll, um, and I still like Driscoll, I think he has some really good stuff. Yeah. Same. He did a message called Unlimited Limited Atonement. And he reconciled these two ideas. Hmm. And it was really interesting the way he did it. And basically how he broke it down was he went through all the verses that say God died for the world, God died for the world, God died for the world. Mm -hmm. And then he went through all the verses that said God died for the elect and Jesus died for the elect, right? Mm -hmm. And then he basically said in a macro sense— Everyone has benefited from the cross. Everyone has benefited from, from Christianity going into the world. Everyone has benefited in a general sense from Jesus going to the cross and how much that changed society, how much that impacted everything from literacy to education to science to tech. Everyone on a general level benefits from Christianity. So there is a he died for all. Mm-hmm. But in a s- soteriological sense, it was for the elect and it was for the church. Right. And so he kind of created this, this gap. And I always thought that was interesting. Right. And I don't I don't hold to this now any anymore. Um, but I always thought that that was an interesting bridge behind what you just said, which is like, ah, if I'm honest, the limited, unlimited atonement yeah. is tough. And I would encourage you to, to go and, and, and check that out. But uh, it's also interesting. Like, I don't know how much of a Calvinist five point tulip Calvinist john calvin himself was exactly That's <laughs> like what I'm if saying. you read his yeah. commentaries yeah. on john 3 16 you read his commentary on these verses and he's just like yeah yeah jesus died for everybody yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know he exactly. died for everybody so yeah. it's an interesting it's an interesting di- dichotomy there um but i want to ask you a question about calvinism i had trent horn on yesterday uh he's the leading one of the leading catholic apologist voices mm-hmm. right and i asked him like how do you feel about martin luther you know, because it's interesting, like, what is the Catholic position on Martin Luther? Now, we view Luther as someone that reformed the church, and then Protestants came after him. And right. John Calvin was someone that was close to him, right? Were they, were they contemporaries, Ooh, or was I, this I, years I, I'd apart? I'd have to—man, my, my, my church history, I'd have, have to check that out. 1483 to 1546. So they were alive at the same time, but they probably weren't contemporaries. So Calvin
0: probably after though. Yeah, probably yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah. but but it but it seems like Calvin built on some of the foundations of Luther in yeah. terms of the obviously the Reformation and yeah. the Protestant, uh everything like that. So my question to you is do you think that based on the issues happening within the Catholic Church, right? Because this is fairly early in the Reformation, do you think that maybe some of John Calvin and him gleaming from Augustine, do you think maybe some of that was a overcorrection to the Catholic tradition, where they they view scripture, but it's also scripture in church history. They view right, like so. It's like it's a and, and there's a lot of stuff in there that if you read the scripture, you kind of go, oh, how'd you guys come to that conclusion on Mary? How'd you guys come to, right? Uh, and their their justification is, well, we're looking at it through the lens of church history. Do you think in in some of John Calvin's uh, work? Do you think there's any chance it was an overcorrection to some of the Catholic theology of? They do believe you can lose your salvation. They do believe that you have to be baptized to be saved, and you know, and there's like a kind of like a, a two-part salvation thing. Do you think there's a chance of, of of when you go through the five points of Calvinism, is there a chance that some of that may have been an overcorrection to? Uh, some of the wonky Catholic theology that was prevalent at that time.
0: Yeah, you know, it's that's a good a good question, and if I'm being completely honest, I'd probably have to go back and uh, and, and refresh my church history mm-hmm. uh, to really give you a, a perfect answer to that. But I would probably say probably wouldn't be too far fetched mm-hmm. to to say that you know what, uh, maybe there was some sort of uh, reaction. Uh, to, you know, some of the prevailing views that Mm -hmm. were going on in the church at that time with regards to salvation, with regards to, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how does a person become saved, what do they have to do, Uh, and and all of those things. Um, uh, Or it just could very well have been that, you know what, he was reading the scriptures Mm -hmm. and he was like, you know what, wow, this is what I'm seeing the scriptures say. Mm -hmm. Families have a lot going on. And uh, and you're right. At that time, more than likely, the 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 uh, you know Catholicism and the Catholic Church was the prevailing mm-hmm. um, spiritual, you know, uh, spiritual position. The, the the kind of the, the biblical authorities yeah. of the land yep. at, at that time. And uh, it could very well be that you know it's like, hey, no, this is what this is what they're saying. Yep. But as I look at the scriptures, yeah. this is what seems to be pretty clear. Right. Have you looked at
1: any of the a uh, pers- provisionist provisionist have you looked at their chart cuz they have like a chart kind of like the tulip like latent flowers yeah latent flowers he's yeah he's one yeah. of the main yeah one of the main guys and so yeah. they believe in the perseverance of the saints they believe yeah. they believe once saved always saved right which again like you got to define what do you mean by saved we're not we're not saying say a prayer put a hand up and right. we're, saying, we're saying born again regenerated filled with the holy ghost saved right uh, so they believe in that and but it but but, but it is a, a bridge I feel like between Armenianism and Calvinism. Yeah. Um, have you looked at kind of their
0: little chart? Not, not totally, okay. if I'm just being honest. Yeah. Um, but I probably need to because I know that, um, you know, Leighton Flowers, um, you know, obviously got respect for the guy, yep. you know, and, and I know he's made some videos, you know, yep. about uh, some of the things that I've, I've said. But, um, you know, I definitely would love to look into it a little bit more. Yep. I think the key that, you know, if people could take away from this is that, Number one, we should always be critically thinking, Amen. as Christians, right? That we should always be trying to understand. Number two, I think we should always remain humble and realize that we don't we don't know everything that we think we know. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and people who are so dogmatic about everything are the ones that concern me the most. And then number three, I think. Ooh, we hold on, hold on. Oh, you got to stop there. Yeah, yeah. I need you to unpack that. Yeah, moment. that yeah. was good. Yeah, some of the people who are so dogmatic about things yeah. are the ones that scare me the most because they, in my mind, illustrate that maybe they haven't thought through all of the different perspectives. Mm-hmm. It's easy to be dogmatic whenever you think the only way to think about something is the way you've always been taught or yeah. the way, but when you start to be exposed to like what other people believe and why, and and not just what they believe, how did they come to that conclusion? Because all of us are using scripture, Come on, right? Come I on. mean, everybody yeah. who has a position who's mm-hmm. in the Christian faith, they're using scripture. So mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it's incumbent upon us to say, okay, wait, this is what I've been taught. This is what my seminary taught me. This is what I grew up in church learning, but like, not to say I'm going to switch what I believe, yeah. but can I be mature enough to entertain yeah. Yeah. another thought yeah. and, and actually say, okay, how did they come to that position? Yeah. And I think we should, number three, um, you know, not, not only be humble, but also be open. Yep. Like, do we hold our theology so tight yeah. that if somebody else presents an argument yeah. using Scripture that is surefire, yeah. are we like, I don't care what you say? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe this no matter what you show me, or am yep. I gonna say, you know what? Wow, my belief on this is a little is will, yeah. I'm willing to be a little bit fluid on yep. this because yep. I'm seeing things differently.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think that's it though, right? Like being humble and being flexible will position us to not cut off people we disagree with theologically. And when I was when when this was a, a a moment in Christian rap, it was definitely like a hierarchy. Like, what's your theology? Like, what kind of church do you go to? If you don't believe what we believe, you're kind of a JV Christian, you're right. junior varsity Christian. Right. And there was a lot of that initially from the Reformed community. And at the time, I wasn't Reformed. When everybody was Reformed, I wasn't Reformed. This is when. Um, epiphany launched in philly this yeah. is when cross movement was yeah, prevalent like 07 08 yeah i wasn't and but it was definitely like eh, i don't know about you guys what's your theology like you know it'll you know, like right i just don't go to these same conclusions then later on i did and then i would say now i'm i'm probably i'm, I'm an interesting spot you tell me how you feel about this i'm i'm closer on a macro scale to uh, to provisionism okay right yeah. in terms of like i look at that and i go I think that makes the most amount of sense from the scriptures and from church history, but on a personal level, I'm reformed. Meaning yeah. in my life, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to believe I, that I was not... <laughs> yeah, I was depraved. There yeah. was no there was no uh Ruslan was a nice guy. No, I was a complete scumbag, right. right? Like hellbent on like being mad at this God who I didn't believe existed. Right. The there was no resisting him. Right. He got me. Yeah. It was it. There right. was no running, right? right? And and I and I feel like I'm 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 never leaving the faith. I will right. always persevere, right? right. Same so with me. so so on a personal level, I'm with you on the four, like in terms of the way I really believe, like God was like, nope, this one's mine, right? Right. And so I guess, but 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 on a macro scale, I go, but I don't know if that's how it works. For everyone. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's how soteriology works for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so it's probably a cop out to be like, yeah, like,
0: I'm, I'm both. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to have one foot in the Armenian. Right. I'm going to have one foot. I mean, that's the easiest way to right. take is because then it's like, you know, I'll take some scriptures from here. I'll right, take right. some from here and right. I'm going to kind of merge together and <laughs> yeah. get to this provisionist view. And, you know, I'm going to have to look into a little bit more, but I think that. Yeah, yeah uh, because they yeah.
1: believe in the providence of God. Because it's not Armenians. They believe in the providence of God. They don't believe you can lose your salvation. And again, I'm not super refreshed with all of it. They believe yeah. in original sin but not total depravity right. meaning that we're flawed sinful creatures because of Adam but not unable to respond but not unable to respond like mm-hmm. we could still respond mm-hmm. but it's but it is God that initiates so it's yeah. an interesting thing I don't want to get too in the weeds on it yeah, but yeah. It, I think I think I would I would love to hear a conversation with you and Dr. Lane Flowers because you are friendly with Mike Winger. Yeah. Mike Winger is really friendly with Layton Flowers. I think Mike Winger probably falls in like a provisionist theology. Probably. And what I, again, the reason why I'm asking you all this stuff is because I feel like there's a healthy degree of, especially at least in our Christian YouTube community where we kind of hold different positions on things. Yeah. Let's talk about that. But we're all friends. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're all friends and and we don't kind of look down or, 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 or judge. No. It's like, man, like, if someone believes something that's off, like they might come to a different conclusion later. They might go through some things, and so I, I've always found that really interesting, very, very refreshing. But we all know it's not like that for everyone online. Oh, and man. you being someone that went to Dallas Theological Seminary, yeah. sometimes there's these expectations of you to. Alan got the right theology. Alan's right. Alan's solid. His mm-hmm. theology, like the, you hear these things. <laughs> yeah. But then if you don't go as hard against right someone that's deemed a false teacher right. by the reformed community right y- y- you're not a, quite a heretic but y-
0: you you're like stick up for us the way yeah, we thought you were yeah, going to yeah. yeah so
1: like talk about that like how has that been in terms of you navigating some of these things cuz you haven't came out and been like you know fill in the blank whoever uh, uh mike todd he's a false teacher like you right. haven't said these types of things right. and so like from one standpoint i think that opens a bridge to people to receive what you have to say Right. but from another standpoint the calvinist standpoint it it
0: makes you look Soft, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah.
1: understand what the logic is, yeah. but yeah,
0: you, you know, so one of the best pieces of advice that I ever got was from um, a friend of mine who is straight up reformed, mm-hmm. uh, Todd Friel from Wretched, Wretched Radio, yeah, yeah. Wretched yeah, TV. Yeah, I watched Todd, yeah, yeah, good guy, love the guy, really good friend of mine. And, um, and so one of the things that he said, he was like, you know what, every Bible teacher that you listen to, or that you know, the Christian YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm should probably be in one of three categories, mm-hmm. right? You have um, recommended,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and then you have uh, false teacher, mm-hmm. and then you have not recommended, right? Okay. And when he wrote that down, I was like, that's perfect, because I don't think we have a category mm. that, that we can just be comfortable, that middle category of not recommended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for some reason, that just doesn't exist in the body. It's like yeah. either this person is recommended or they're a false teacher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, OK, no, there's got to be something in between. Right. So, mm-hmm. for instance, perfect example, Um, I, you know, I mean, if I'm going to throw out some names, you know, I'll probably. I, and I well, let me be careful with that, because. Even someone like Joel Osteen, Mm -hmm. I don't agree with prosperity theology. I wish that he would challenge people in Mm -hmm. the areas of sin. I wish he wasn't preach a cotton candy gospel. I wish that if I actually went to his church, I'd be challenged Mm -hmm. in areas of purity, holiness, Mm -hmm. and and sanctification, and all that stuff. But I'm going to be honest, and somebody, some of you are listening, you're going to fight me for this, right? But I'm going to be honest: if I go to his, if if I go to his website. Mm And he adheres to all of the non-negotiable tenant core beliefs of the Christian faith, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the inerrancy of Scripture, the deity of Christ, Mm -hmm. all these different things, right? Uh, The Trinity and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. It's hard for me to label him as a false teacher Mm -hmm. when he is saying, this is how you can be saved. You need to be saved. Mm -hmm. And we want to be a church who is going to help you become saved, Mm -hmm. right? Now, what can I do? And this is where I've ca- caught flack: is instead of me going around naming a whole bunch of people and saying they're false teacher, they're mm-hmm. false teacher, they're false teacher, I tend, I would rather focus on the teachings. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather look at the individual teachings of Joyce Meyer. I'd rather look at Bishop Jake's teaching. I'd mm-hmm. rather look at uh, 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 sh- these different people and say, you know what? Because of the fact that he teaches a cotton candy gospel, mm-hmm. because he preaches prosperity and health and wealth and, and, and name it, and claim and positive confession and all this stuff, mm-hmm. then these teachings by Joel Osteen or Bishop Jakes, these are false teachings. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I put them in the category of not recommended. Mm-hmm. If I'm giving advice to a new Christian and they're asking me, who are the people that you would recommend I listen to? I would not put these people in that category. Right, right. Right? Um, and, and that's where I kind of differ, but does that mean that I can't have fellowship with these people? Mm -hmm. Does that mean that I, you know, and that's where I see the, the toxicity online, particularly in the space that we operate in. It's like, if we don't, if I don't agree with Ruslan, he's a false teacher. Mm -hmm. If I don't agree with Alan Parr, he's a false teacher. If I don't agree with John McRae, he's a false teacher. It's like, no, you just disagree with me, but don't dis, don't disparage people.
1: All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch.
0: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Just credit my entire ministry Mm -hmm. because I teach the perseverance of the saints, right? It's like, really? Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And it's I crazy. think even in the way you've I've watched your videos, I think I've seen you do a video on Osteen. Yep. yep. And even I, in
0: the way you I get them, you, all.
1: you frame <laughs> them as you go, well, should you listen to someone that teaches X, Y and Z? Right. Here's what they teach You have to come to that conclusion yes, on your exactly. own. Right. And I think that's 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 an empowering position instead of attempting to mark everyone as heretic or recommended. That third category, I think, is an important
0: one. There's a lot of people yeah. to fit in there.
1: Yeah, because I think—and and no one has 100% perfect theology. Right. Everyone's going to change on some things. Everyone's going to soften on some things. But I think you you doing that, I think, has been a, a service to folks there. And you've also been flexible and you've changed your mind on stuff, or seemingly changed your mind on stuff, where um, Justin— I don't remember his last name. Peters? Uh no, the 7th day Adventist, gentleman. Oh yeah,
0: Justin Co. Ko. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so like I remember you mm-hmm. made some videos about 7th day and then you were kind of like, ah. Yep. He some folks reached out to me saying this stuff was accurate and go harder yep. and then he reached out to and was like, "Hey, like we don't really adhere to this stuff." And then you guys had him on and you guys went over and you yep. you dis- strongly disagreed on yes. on on the Sabbath, right? Yeah. And, and all that all that kind of stuff.
0: But Was it fair to say you kind of changed your mind or softened your position on that? Well, actually, I think actually the opposite direction. Uh, The first video that I did on Seventh-day Adventists, I basically presented it as if, you know what? Yeah, they're pretty much the same Mm -hmm. as Christians, except they adhere to the Sabbath and Mm -hmm. they, you know, have some dietary things and things like that. But for the most part, you know, they're the same, Right. right? And that's because I did not do enough research uh-huh. into their d- theology, their doctrine, and uh-huh. things like that to uh-huh. see, nah, there's a whole a lot there, bunch yeah, yeah. of things that are there that right. are very different. Right. Um, and so when I realized that, people reached out to me. Right, I remember that. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, um, you know what, I need to do a follow-up video. And I actually end up taking that video down. The follow-up video down or the first, the video? first video? The first, I first video I took down because I didn't want that video... I didn't want people to be deceived into thinking that Seventh Day Adventism is just another um, is just another denomination of Christianity that simply decides mm-hmm. to observe the Sabbath, and but other than that, everything is the same. Right. And I realized I was like, no they they have some very different views on prophecy. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, the place of prophecy mm-hmm. in 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 scripture. We won't get into all that stuff, but um, yeah, I had to change my perspective. Well, what about when you had the conversation with Justin after? (laughs) Well, that was interesting because afterward—he actually caught a lot of flack from his community. yeah, I remember. Because there were a lot of Adventists who felt like he did not properly and adequately represent Adventism as if he was trying to kind of toe the line Ah, and be like, you know what, no, we don't really believe that. No, we don't really go—like, for instance, perfect example, the teachings of Ellen G. White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean— they view her as a prophet. Yeah, they, they view her as a prophet. And 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 through her writings and different things that some of the core major leaders within Adventism over the years have positioned her writings on par with scripture. Mm. And so, you know, that's where I'm like, okay, no, you, you know, that you can't do that. You know, you can't say that her writings are authoritative or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's one of those things where it's like, okay. Uh, but then he was like, oh, no, no, we see that only if her writings are consistent with Scripture. I'm mm. like, yeah, but a lot of her writings are not, so how do you deal with that? Mm. So it just kind of, you know, uh, and then there's the whole investigative judgment and kind of yeah. their perspective on yeah. that and salvation and the Sabbath and the mark of the beast. And it's like, yep. oh, you know, they believe that, you know, if you're if you're uh, uh, go to church, if you're like a, a Sunday worshiper. Yeah. That one day that that's the sign of the mark of the beast right, and things like or, that. There's there's a lot of things there.
1: I feel like even within that, there's a spectrum of. I I don't mean to use these words disparagingly, so Justin, forgive me, but I'm not trying to do this in in some way. But there's a spectrum between like a liberal person of a specific camp and then a super conservative yes. person of a specific camp. Like Bible flock box. Yeah, are you familiar with his story? No, his,
0: he's a he's a he's more on the. Um, Radical side of Adventism, Advent, right, right, right. Yes. So even in that, right, the like time.
1: there's a there's a spectrum there. Yes, within Calvinism, you you'd be like, hey, like I'm a four point four and a half point, right? And then there's other folks that are like, I'm a thousand point Calvinist, right? Yeah. Like, and yeah. so I think it's tough to even gauge what is an accurate representation. But it sounds like what you're saying is that was a a, a diet representation of Adventist, Ad, Adventist, and he caught flack for that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, yeah, that's interesting. So. With regards to that, I'm weary, and you could push back on this if you want to. I'm weary of any movement that's like 150 years old, 200 years old. Yeah, right. When when all of a sudden it's like you look at church history and you're like, I don't think we did that, right? Uh, And so whether that's Adventist, whether that's um, Mormonism, Mormonism, uh, Pentecostalism, Mm -hmm. right, or Oneness Pentecostalism specifically, and you just go, hey, like this is where I think sola scriptura can do people a disservice. And this is what I mean. It's going to sound like a crazy idea. But what right. I mean is we all look at church history for some degree of like, what are those non-negotiables? What are those essentials, right? And Reformed folks do it with John Calvin, Martin Luther, Jonathan Edwards, right? Other Everybody kind of has their guys. Um, but, but generally speaking, we do interpret some things through the creeds, and so on and so forth. But when someone pulls up hundred years ago, 100, 120 years ago, and goes, they late to the party. Yeah, like Trinity, <laughs> okay. you guys got it wrong on that. Yeah, it's all you know. And, God and it, showed us a new revelation, right? Because we just, I mean, you just read the scriptures. It's not confusing. It just is what it is, right? Right. And I go, okay. Wait, I'm just, I'm just so weary of that. And I would say even in some evangelical beliefs, you know, where where you get into some of our modern views of like the rapture and some of these things are very modern positions that folks have taken that that aren't throughout church history, right? right? They're very current. And so with with oneness Pentecostalism or Pentecostal Pentecostalism in general, like you know me, I believe that the spirit can move. I believe God is active. He can heal. He can give people spiritual gifts. He can prophesy, all that kind of stuff. But I'm also I say I'm charismatic with a seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that seatbelt's the word of God. And if it says don't speak in tongues without an interpreter I ain't speaking in tongues without an interpreter, right? right and right. I'm going to be very weary of any church that speaks in tongues without an interpreter, right? Yeah. You know, But that doesn't mean I'm against speaking in tongues. Of course, right. right. And so it leads me to the to the conversations back and forth you've you've had with Marcus Rogers. Yeah. And yeah. then the flack
0: you caught oh, for that. Oh, man. <laughs> Ooh, I caught a lot of
1: flack with that. <laughs> we're, we're, we're removed from that. It's yeah. been over, has it been it's a been, year? It's been about eight, ten eight, months. Eight, eight, mu- eight ten that. months, yeah. So— what do you uh, – how would how, how do you
0: process all that in hindsight? Yeah, man, that that one was – that one, man, people made videos well, about that. They made a lot of videos, videos about that, yeah. And they called me. That was so funny. And see, this is what I'm talking about. You know, they'll say, well, Alan Parr is a false teacher mm-hmm. because he endorses a false teacher, Marcus Rogers. And mm-hmm. I'm not – Marcus, if you listen, I'm not saying he's a false teacher. I'm just saying that's what people were saying, yeah, right? Yeah, Um. You know, and so – once again you know my position is um you know would I encourage people to 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 listen to Marcus um you know as much as I, I love the brother you know um I would probably put him in the category of not recommended mm-hmm. only because and like I said Marcus just just because you know when you start talking about you know, a lot of times he had dreams mm-hmm. he's believed it was a prophetic dreams mm-hmm. prophetic word mm-hmm. it was a lot of those types of things and I'm like you know what? I'm just not sure. You know, and then I'm not, I'm not sure that all of these dreams that he's having mm-hmm. are truly from God. And then the whole Trump prophecies yep. and all yep, that yep, stuff, yep, yep, yep. and kind of he didn't quite repent from it, yep. and kind of kind of skirted around yep. that. And then uh, once again, his you know it seems that like his view on the Trinity yeah. isn't uh, orthodox, yeah. more of a oneness oneness kind of view. Yeah. And so for those reasons and others. I'm like, you know what? I I I love him, yeah. but I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't advise. Not, not recommended. Yeah, not yeah. recommended. Yeah. You know, um, and and that's where I stand with that. But that doesn't mean that I cannot. First of all, I got slack because people said I called him a brother. Right. You know, right. and I'm like, well, guys, listen. Who am I to say whether or not somebody is Christian? Mm-hmm. I mean, you need to go read the parable of the wheat and the tares. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and you can see like. You know, as they're both growing, the wheat and the tares look the same. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jesus' uh, followers are like, well, hey, well, in the parable it's like, hey, should I come and and uh, and get rid of uh, uh, the tares? Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, no, you need to don't do anything right now, because right now the wheat and the tares are growing the same. Mm-hmm. And you can't distinguish what is a wheat and what is a tare. But let time pass and the wheat will continue to grow mm-hmm. and the tares will stop. And then it will become evidently clear. These are wheat. And these are tares, Mm -hmm. at which time my father will go and tear out the tares and throw them and they'll be burned up. So it's like the point of the parable is like it's not time for us right now to be going around judging everybody's salvation. Mm -hmm. You're a wheat, you're a tear. I don't know what's going on in that that guy's heart. I don't know. So Mm -hmm. for you all to come out and say Alan Parr should not have said he is a Christian Mm -hmm. is asking me to go way further than I'm supposed to go. Yeah. As a Christian influencer, I'm supposed to say these specific things that he teaches, I don't agree with mm-hmm. based on scripture. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if I'm shepherding, you have oversight over this online community. Mm-hmm. I would encourage you not to listen to this particular mm-hmm. person. But for yeah. me to go and say, I don't believe that this person is going to heaven. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go that far. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I mean, well, it's also like, I, that just feels icky speaking on people's salvation yeah. that may change their, their position, his position may change. He may change his mind. He might, he may evolve on that. He may get, the information may hit him different. He, he probably feels a you know, super duper attacked by everyone, like trying to check him on a <laughs> Trinity. And then maybe he stumbles, stumbles into it in a different way. I don't know. I got in trouble for the same thing. Cause I, I, I think I used the word anointed. <laughs> oh, so I didn't say he yeah. is a brother in the <laughs> faith. Um, I think I said anointed. Yeah. I think I said anointed. And people were like, what do you mean by anointed? You're endorsing his ministry. And I was like, first of all, go watch all of my videos with him or about him. Every single video is me disagreeing with him. There's never been one time where I've been like, yay. Um, But it's it's an interesting thing because, yeah, it's like if you're not against so-and-so, you're then endorsing so-and-so. Yes, exactly. Do you think there's ever a time and a place to say this person is? is not a christian. Like where would you draw that line at? Because the trinity is not a bad or this person is a false and, teacher or yeah, this person is a great full question. on false teacher. Like where do we where do we draw the line? Cuz cuz if I go in hindsight I do go yeah man it's, it's kind of a big one, you know. Oh, yeah. And and as much as I have tried to sh- show and share with him, mm-hmm. he's kind of I wouldn't say he's rejected the Trinity, but he's rejected it as an essential issue. Right. Right. Which, again, it kind of puts it in a different category. So mm-hmm. it's not you're saying, mm-hmm. it's not like it's not that he's saying Jesus isn't God the way right. some other guys have said. Right. It's that he's saying, well, I don't know, and I'm trying to figure it out, and I don't know, but does it really matter? One is Trinity, one yeah, is Trinity. Does that's it really a, huge yeah, that's a huge one. Kinda, kinda yeah, he kind of like kind of— I don't say weasel's a way around yeah. it, but he kind of slithers oh, around yeah. it, right? Weasel, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> so hey, so where he's do <laughs> he's where,
0: he where would you draw the line in terms of like, hey, this is yeah, this is the line of no return? Yeah. Where, where is that? Well, first of all, let's talk, take them in two categories. So salvation, right? You know, I'm not in the business of judging people's salvation. But if somebody comes out and says, I do not believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, I do not believe that Jesus is God, mm-hmm. if they are saying that, yeah, then I can conclude that they're probably not a Christian because those are the essential things you have to believe. That's Christianity one-on-one. That's salvation one-on-one. We have to believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that he is God and he rose from the dead and all of those things. So if somebody comes out straight up says that, then yeah, I don't think they're a Christian. But if they affirm those things, Mm -hmm. but their lifestyle is kind of jacked up Mm -hmm. or maybe there's some secondary issues that they teach and I'm like, "Ah, I'm not sure. I'm not going to really necessarily say they're not a Christian now. So you said
1: re- resurrection number is
0: is, is huge. Resurrection, resurrection number one, Got The it. deity of Christ, yes. the triune nature of God. Um, I would also go say the inerrancy of Scripture. Okay. You know, when people start oh, you put saying, you would put inerrancy up. There. I'd put that as a okay. non-negotiable. and I'm not saying that I would put that as non-negotiable because if somebody says the Scripture um, is not complete and that there's other revelation out there. Now okay. we're moving into things like Mormonism, oh, gotcha, Jehovah's gotcha. Witnesses where it's so like the
1: scripture is is, is the central, the central final authority. The final authority gotcha, gotcha, upon
0: gotcha. which every other piece of information Has must get
1: filtered through. must yep. be filtered through, right? Amen. So if Amen. I'm a
0: Mormon and I say I believe in the scriptures, but also but then I also doctrine and covenant, mm-hmm. Pearl of Great Price, the Book of Mormon, yep. Yep, yep, yep. then if any of those things deviate from the scripture then they have to be thrown out gotcha. not the scriptures and i think that's where the mormons kind of yep. yeah, you yeah. know kind of get it wrong so um so i would say you know um for salvation i'm not going to ju- judge that but for false teaching yeah i mean if somebody straight up comes out and they're saying i don't believe jesus was god mm. i don't believe uh i believe jesus was just a man mm-hmm. Once they start saying those type of things, then I am personally comfortable to then label that person as a false teacher mm-hmm. and not just they have some teachings that are off and they're false. Now I'm it. like, this person's a false teacher because that's Got what it. the Bible says. Yep. 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 Jude says teachers deny that. I forget exactly what verse, but it talks about denying that yep. Jesus Christ, you know, denying the, who Christ is. That's yeah. a false teacher.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think I think that's a good that's a good barometer. And and, and it's 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 weird cuz again, like you don't want to speak on people's salvation cuz you don't really know, but I think it's also like protecting people from the the dangers of some of this stuff, right? So I think that's a, that's a good barometer to to gauge it with. Now, um in terms of the Christian YouTube side of things, we've talked about this offline before but some of the when people just come so aggressive right Hmm. what are some of the things that you've you're kind of dealing with behind the scenes that people maybe aren't thinking about you Mm -hmm. know in terms of like that that overwhelming amount of or or seemingly like when the comment section turned, yeah you know like when things just go and you're like wait like I'm not here just to tell you the things that make you comfortable. Like right. I'm not here just to placate to whatever it is you're—I am here to challenge you sometimes. I am here to make you think different, even if it's outside of your kind of cultural framework of things, right? Yeah. What are some of the things you're kind of—people y- may not know that Christian YouTubers
0: are facing and going through? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, um, I think the first thing that they don't realize, which is a point of frustration, which I'm sure you and I will talk about a little bit later— uh, on an episode on my channel, yep. but it's just like the one of the biggest thing that frustrates me is that people don't understand, and they need to be educated that what we do um, requires financial support, mm-hmm. you know. And and for those of you watching YouTube, uh, uh, um, watching, uh, if you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Bruce Lawn's channel, I'm going to put a plug in for him because he may not always feel comfortable asking. I don't always feel comfortable asking, but guys... I'm sitting in a studio right now, all right. So I just want y'all to watch, listen to this. <laughs> I'm sitting in a studio right now that easily has, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not trying to put your stuff out there, but I'm just going to estimate it easily has twenty five to thirty thousand dollars. If I'm just estimating off the top of my head of equipment, so my question is this: If if you go to a church, any church in the country, right, and you ask how did the church get all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you think it came out of the pastor's bank account? <laughs> no. It didn't come from the pastor's personal home account, yeah. his savings account that he has for his kids, for his future, for his kids' college fund, for his kids' weddings and all that stuff. No. The church members donated mm-hmm. and supported so they could have equipment, mm-hmm. lighting, cameras, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But the moment a Christian YouTuber – do not get me on my soapbox. We're going to talk about this later. But the moment a Christian YouTuber asks for financial support or charges for something, all of a sudden they're deemed as a money-hungry, prosperity Mm -hmm. person who's just trying to get paid. No, we got bills to pay. We got stuff to – we got equipment and stuff like that. So that's the first thing that I would want people to understand is that what we do, uh, you know, uh, it it requires – Support. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the next thing I would say, you know, is that, um, you know, that we are actual human beings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, if you disagree with us and you disrespect us, mm-hmm. I don't mind disagreeing. I don't think any YouTuber minds yeah. being disagreed yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the disrespect can sometimes be kind of toxic and it can... Uh, uh, it can affect us, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think, I think,
1: like you said, you could disagree with an idea, and let's unpack that idea. Yeah, and tell me, and, and I might agree with you. I might be like, you know what? I that didn't come out right. I didn't right. say that right, right, right. But when it goes to a personal attack, right, you're wrong. You're pathetic. Yeah. you're this, right? I'm like, don't whoa. follow
0: at this person. Yeah, you know?
1: I'm like, whoa, like you just escalated it to a whole nother <laughs> level that it didn't need to go to because. We might have a legitimate disagreement, and I might even change my mind, right? If you pr- present me a, a better position or a better argument, but you're 100% when it when it escalates to a like a tax
0: on, on yeah. the
1: personhood of someone, it's it's it gets wild. Go yeah. ahead, I didn't mean to cut you no,
0: off. No, 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 no. I mean, I was just a couple things I think that they don't they don't realize that that we uh, that we deal with, um, and I think those are kind of the main couple things I would say that they don't realize that we, that we deal with, um, you know, also just like wanting people to appreciate our work, our craft. They also Mm -hmm. don't think they understand how much time Mm -hmm. that we put into this. Like my videos, I try to provide high quality stuff Mm -hmm. and and write scripts and things like that for an average video, man, it could take, you know, eight to 10 hours Mm -hmm. uh, just for one video. And I don't think people realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now I want to talk about the, the flip side. I want to talk about the positive side yeah. of 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 YouTube. Oh, man, there's a million There's positives. a million positive sides. Yeah, I love it. And this is something I've said before. I've said it repeatedly on a channel and it's caught me some flack. Um I talked about it a bit with with Tim Ross on his podcast is <clears throat> I I have this thought that a lot of the celebrity pastors that maybe are wrestling through some theological issues fumbling with some of the stuff they're saying you could you could tell there's there's pressure there's tension on them right and my thought and you and you can tell me what you think about this is if they were starting post 2016 i think that a lot of these personalities mega church celebrity personalities would have pro- would, would have probably been way more fulfilled and stable and, and content and happy doing kind of what we're doing yeah. instead yeah. of pursuing a church plant yeah with a staff, yeah. with volunteers, yeah, with buildings. Buildings. Yeah, with building everything funds. that it goes into. Yeah. And so I see these guys, and it's not a knock, like that's 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 not an attack. No. I just see myself 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And had I been a little you know, had I missed it, I I could have went down the rabbit hole of like, well, Ruslan, you love Jesus and and you can kind of talk well. So, so go you're a church. pastor. Oh, right. oh yeah.
0: I went through that. I went down that whole yeah. yeah.
1: And I'm just like, no, I'm not, bro. No, <laughs> like nor do like, I want to be. Yeah, nor do I want to be. Like <laughs> no, I, I I I love what we get to do because it allows us to communicate ideas and truth at scale. But being a pastor is different. So I'm seeing these guys, I'm seeing some of them struggle, and I'm seeing even the, 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 the fail, the, the moral failure, right? Whether yeah. it's a Carl Lentz or whoever. Yeah. And I'm going, man. Had you started when I started, you would you would probably could have gone this route, right? And and you could have still communicated, but not had to shepherd and pastor and be a, a CEO of a five hundred person organization, right? Mm-hmm. So what what do you think about that? Like, do you think that there's some, some 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 truth to folks who would have been better off just being kind of creators that kind of defaulted into the position of church planter? Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I, I think that um, everybody has to. I think everybody has to figure out like what are their what are their gifts. For me, I fell into that where I went to seminary, graduated mm-hmm. 2004, and I think the old school way, the traditional way is if you have a good solid understanding of the Bible and you have a theological education, and you can halfway decent speak mm-hmm. then you, you know you or you can speak halfway decently you you should go plant a church and be mm-hmm. a pastor right mm-hmm. and i think just because in 2004 when i kind of graduated there wasn't a paradigm there wasn't a there wasn't a a path mm-hmm. for what we do, what we're doing now yep. i mean at that time yep. youtube wasn't even a thing yeah, it didn't cl- even the closest thing is probably my spaces my space well no, I was gonna I was gonna say being an
1: author like being yeah. an author' speaker yeah like author, that's the speaker, only thing travel speaker
0: conference speaker and things like that radio you know, personality not could do if, you, that. if yeah. you could
1: try to get a radio slot yes yeah. that's really it That yeah. wasn't a whole lot in 2004
0: yeah exactly so I think I think you know now um you know it's one of those things where it's like people who have the gift and the education we now have options mm-hmm. you know there's options available to us now in 2022 that yeah. weren't available a long time ago. And so for me, I, and I thank man, I thank God uh, as to how he's orchestrated the events of my life because I tried so hard to be a pastor. Mm. (laughs) I tried so hard. I wanted that. I coveted that. I wanted wanted to be be
1: a church planter leading a local church. And
0: every door that I tried to go down just closed on me. I never was able to do it. And the biggest one was um, the fact that I was single until I was 40 and I knew I was never going to plan a church being yeah. a single guy. I wasn't going I wasn't about to set myself up because yeah. I knew that my life although it wasn't like promiscuous, it wasn't like super squeaky clean. Yeah. And I, as a single guy and yeah. I knew like, well, you know, if I date two girls in the same year, even if I don't sleep with them, even if I don't do anything.
1: Yeah.
0: it's going to be perceived as, oh, he's a womanizer. Yeah. And I never ever wanted to bring that type of reproach to the church. So I wow. kind of held off from wow. ever pursuing a senior pastor role mm-hmm. until I was married. But by the time I got married, I started my YouTube channel, and then I realized, you know what? What I really, really love doing is teaching the Bible. Mm. I don't love leading the whole staff. Mm. I don't really love doing weddings and funerals. I don't really love doing building campaigns. I don't really love doing counseling. I don't really love 85% of the stuff that pastors have to do on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I just love to grab the Bible, open up the scriptures, and teach the word of God. Mm-hmm. That's what I love doing. Amen. And this online space has given me that option to basically do what I love to do. Yeah. And only that. It it's it's something special, man. Yeah. It's something special to be
1: able to, to primarily anchor it. I mean, obviously we have to consider thumbnails and what are people interested in and SEO yeah. and all those titles and all that stuff, but it's it's it is a such an amazing privilege. And, and I would say in my opinion, connected to the providence of God, of us being born in this season, in this life. You being a little older, but being single until you were 40, me being on staff at a church and it just mm-hmm. not really working out then trying to do the music thing, not really getting to the level I wanted it to get to. And I do believe it is really the providence of God in terms of being here and now. Mm -hmm. And so when I see other pastors struggling and I'm just kind of like, man, like bro, just start a podcast. Like start a YouTube channel. Like you would find so much more fulfillment
0: from just being able to communicate and potentially transitioning out, you know? But I also understand how difficult and challenging it is to start anything new whenever all you know Mm. is what you know. And it's so intimidating to do anything different. And for me, I dealt with that where I was a high school math teacher, as we talked about before yep. on, on my other... It was, I was a high school math teacher for 11 years. Yep. And I didn't know that there was something else I could do. Mm-hmm. I never knew that there was a possibility that I could be a full-time Christian creator. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was even a thing and that was even possible. Um, but hopefully you and I can be people who can inspire this next generation right. to show them like, look, you do have options. Yep. Now, it don't happen overnight, it don't happen overnight. I mean, you don't get this studio, yeah. guys, and, and being able to sit here with nice, expensive microphones and lights and cameras and all that yep. stuff one year after you're starting on YouTube. And that's a whole nother thing. You got to be able to, I mean, just in general in life, whether you're a YouTuber, whether you're a, a chef, whether you're a business person, mm-hmm. whatever, like you got to be willing to put in the work. Yeah, like if there's one piece of advice I can give this next generation, is Like, don't look at where we are right now many, many years into this. I've been doing this seven years and think, oh, you know, I'm going to get there. Like, I was talking with somebody yesterday Mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, after one year on YouTube, I had 1,564 subscribers with no ad revenue because I wasn't even monetized. And I could have been like, I just put out 52 videos because I never missed a week. My first year on YouTube, I was consistent every Tuesday. I could have been like. Man, this isn't going to work, you know. I don't. I don't. Still don't have the thirty or forty thousand subscribers that I see other people. Which at the time I was like, "Wow, thirty thousand subscribers. That's that. That's I'm never going to ever get there, you know." And but you know, God, over time, God will reward faithfulness and diligence.
1: And I will add to that. I do believe that having folks have gone further and tried different things, like you. Like what I'm doing, and then us having resource and being able to point back and say, "Hey, this is what worked for us. This is what didn't work for us. This is how mm-hmm. you can try." I do believe that it can condense
0: that window. Oh yes, yes. I didn't have, but that.
1: but you still have to go through the process and trial and error of finding your own voice and figuring yeah. out what kind of channel do I want to do, what kind of channel do I not want to do, so on and so forth. And I think that's you can't. You, not everyone can condense that part of it because they right. can get. All the game. They can sit down with you for two hours. You can walk them through everything. They yeah. can sit down with me. They can sit down with uh, Sean from Think Media. They can sit down with Mike Winger. They can sit down with whoever, and they'll give them the blueprint. But you still got to figure out a way to take it, own it, apply it, experiment, try different formats to get it to work for you. And there is just that that time under tension. There yeah. is that like, hey, you just got to show up to the gym every single day. Yeah. And those results may not come for months, if not years, right? Yeah. Which segues. Look at yeah, that. You like that yeah. transition?
0: That was cool. I see what you did there.
1: <laughs> Which segues to uh your fitness transformation, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, I was joking earlier, uh, you showed up looking like uh John Jones. John Jones. You know, with the, <laughs> with the body type that I just like, whoa, man. Uh, last time we were together was October. I was actually in Dallas to pick up my niece. Yeah. Um, and we hung out. And you were already had started on that yeah. pathway, but now you're sharp. And I, and I've said this, I've kind of repeated this a couple of times on a channel, but I've said I believe that our convictions should drive our preferences. Yeah. Or if I if I if I'm con- if I have a conviction to be healthy, that's going to reflect in the preferences of how I spend my time at the yeah. gym, what I do with my workouts, yeah. what I put in my mouth in terms of what I eat, yeah. what I don't put in my mouth. I feel like our preferences should drive our convictions. Um what are some things that have worked for you in terms of unlocking um, really yeah. leveling up from a fitness standpoint.
0: Yeah, man, I could talk about this all day long because this has literally been my life for the past six to eight months. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, man, I'll just I'll just go back and I'll say this: for the first, I'm 46, so for the first 45 years of my life, mm-hmm. I was, I, I I would probably rank myself up there as one of the most. I had some of the most unhealthy eating habits you could really? ever ever wow. think of. Oh okay. my goodness, I'm talking about like maybe one bag of candy a day like skittles Whoa. starbursts um you know eating like uh bluebell ice cream every single night at like nine o'clock I would have never thought oh man <laughs> you man all the time man that was like my reward for yeah. like a, a hard day's work yeah I'd go get like four scoops of ice cream <sighs> and you know and I I would pick out at like nine o'clock at night wow. while I'm watching Netflix in the bed you know, I would eat late. Mm-hmm. I would eat like you know, at like eight o'clock. I'd order DoorDash. It might be like lasagna or something like that. Oh. And I would eat that. And I mean, like, it was just. So bidding. you must have some great genetics. The fact
1: that you were eating like that and you didn't balloon up and well, get super fat. Yeah,
0: but that was the thing. I was I was what's called skinny fat. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that was if y'all don't know what that is, look it up. Is yep. is a guy that on the outside with all his clothes on it looks like he's kind of rolling yep. strong. Yeah. But then, like, not you got that pot belly and just rolls and just not 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 tight. Yeah. And that did you train younger? Like, did you strength train and do weights? Nothing. No, I was always a cardio guy. Played a lot of racquetball. Played a lot of basketball. I may have worked out a few times a year, but Mm -hmm. never really did a whole lot of those Mm -hmm. things. Drank a lot of like sweet stuff, like sweet tea, lemonade, all that stuff. And it wasn't until earlier this year. Uh, what are we in it's September now mm-hmm. so I would probably say oh, actually last year around this time yep. about a year ago yeah yep, yeah yep. yeah because I remember
1: when we got together in October yeah.
0: I saw like you noticeably look different
1: yes. oh, I was like okay he looks different yes. on, in the face so that was the beginning it had to have been the beginning of it was like September October
0: a year ago I had two knee surgeries uh-huh. the pandemic yep. I wasn't active yep. and I bloomed up to my heaviest weight was like 225 and I 225, realized clothes weren't fit. and, and you are what 6'4 6'3 6'3 yeah and I was like Something isn't right about this. I don't want to be that that dad.
1: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com.
0: I don't want to have that thing, right? So make a long story short, um, if I'm being completely transparent, I was I was able to connect with a friend of mine who is a health, fitness, nutrition coach. Okay, and he was like, "Give me 90 days, follow my program. Um, I'll I'll get you to where you want to be." Nice. And I was like, I was so intimidated. Really, I had never gone on a diet in my entire life. Okay, I had ne- I love food. Food is an idol for me. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Food mm-hmm. is an idol for me. Sugar mm-hmm. pies, mm-hmm. L- peach cobbler, pizza, barbecue, mm-hmm. you name it, I love it. Yeah, and so. Man, to make a long story short, I went on his program, and I followed it to a T, and I started seeing the weight come off. Mm-hmm. I started feeling better. I started sleeping better. Mm-hmm. Started doing all those things. And it's one of those things that once it becomes a lifestyle for you, mm-hmm. I started walking. Mm-hmm. He had me walking for an hour a day mm-hmm. for four days a week. Mm-hmm. So I started drinking only water. Mm-hmm. So if you're asking me what I did, yep. started drinking only water. Right. started walking four to five hours a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a day or a I'm week? sorry. Sorry, a week. Right, a week, right. A week, about right. an hour a day for, yep. you know, it's so about four or five hours a week. Yep. Um, I cut out carbs for okay. a season. Now I have them. I've introduced them in back in now, but not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. I cut out carbs for about 60, 80 days. I cut out all sugar. Uh-huh. I end up getting, I tried to get seven to eight hours of sleep at night. Um, I was intermittent fasting, so I was only eating between 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. Okay, there you go. And I was fasting for about 18 hours a day. Come on. Um, I was eating a lot of protein, um, beef, yep. eggs, things like that to kind of keep me full. And um, uh, in addition to that, I was also um, – there was a couple other things that I was doing as well. Yeah, like, oh, eating smaller portions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And also I was eating my heaviest meal for lunch. Which was a paradigm shift because mm-hmm. most people think, oh, I'm going to have a ribeye steak for mm-hmm. dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Re- just assume. Reward myself. I'm going to reward yeah. myself. Yep. Well, if you do that and you eat at like 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. your body doesn't have as much time throughout the day to burn that yep. off. And then yep. you go to sleep and that yep. stuff just sits in your stomach. But if you eat your heavy meal at like 12, mm-hmm. you're walking around, yep. you're moving around, you're playing yep. with your kids, you're rolling on the floor, you yep. may go for a walk. Yep. And your body is actively burning that stuff off. And then for evening, I'd have a salad. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how I rolled for a while, and now it's just become a way of life. Amen. And now I've incorporated a lot of the strength training. Yeah. And now this is a plug: I am not affiliate for Tonal, yeah. right? The home gym Tonal thing. Yeah. But man, I'm I swear by that thing. Yeah. I use it four or five times a week, and it's so convenient to have something right at the house. there because
1: it's literally in your studio. It's in my studio. Yeah. It's literally, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It's like on the wall. That's so good. Let me let me let me go through some of the things because I because I want to I I'm, I'm vastly fascinated about this i've gone from when i had levi ballooned up to 210 which is really heavy for me yeah and then right, yeah. and then cut down to the leanest i was in 2019 was 175 and mm. like 11% body fat nice and then we had zoe a year ago and i ballooned back up to about 205 yeah but this time the second time I was I had the I had the muscle on me, so I didn't look as big, which is interesting. When you have more muscle on you, you you can weigh more and not look as fat, mm-hmm. right? And so then I then and now I'm down da- down to about one ninety three, one ninety one. Yeah, I got knee surgery on Tuesday, and so you did yeah. I, I'm about to. Oh, um, yeah, they're they're cleaning up my meniscus again. Okay. So I haven't been able to like be as active. So I'm like really excited to get this knee surgery. It's an ortho procedure. I'll be fine in yeah. a couple of days. I'll be walking the next day or the same day. But I'm excited to get back into it. But what I wanted to kind of go through some of the things you said. You said, number one, you started drinking water only. Oh, I haven't had not one sugary drink yeah. in the last uh, 10 months. So the key... Only water. The key with that is, one, the water is great for you. But the the most people drink too many calories. Yes, and And so exactly. when you're drinking calories, you can get in a lot of calories and they not take a lot of space in your stomach. I not even realize it. Yep, you're just drinking it. And so... What I did to flip for me was eating foods that were higher in volume, yeah, lower in calories. Yeah. Higher in volume, higher nutrition density, chicken, kale, sweet potatoes. So there's a lot of nutrients in it, but they yeah. they take up less space in my stomach. Right. And so I think that one thing, if you could just not drink your calories and yeah. try to find some some high volume foods that aren't processed, right? Yeah. Because even carbs, if you're having sweet potatoes versus like bread and pasta, exactly, them sweet potatoes are going to take up way more space and be way less calories. Exactly. Strawberries, way more space in your stomach, way less calories. Right. And then the last thing you said that was, well, one of the things you said was protein. High, 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 oh, high, yeah. high protein. I Keeps you a satiated. A lot of chicken, a yeah. of, lot of beef. lean beef. Yeah, yeah, lean beef, steak, so, yep. Yeah, so I think those are some just some great, I mean, you laid out a lot of things, but some great frameworks for folks that are like, I don't know where to start, start there. Start with the not drinking your calories. Yeah. Start and and, and try walking. to get walking and replace high high protein. Now, did you do any kind of blood work to see where your like testosterone levels were? No, of I didn't kind of do stuff? that. Okay. But the
0: last thing I'll give is like a power tip, and I'd be like, man, shout out to my Apple Watch, right? Like, mm-hmm. get you something that you can track. If you really wanted to kind of go deep, like, the whole point of losing weight is you. I mean, it's a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. You have to be at a calorie deficit, and so one of the things that I do is every time I walk,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I add. I do a workout on my phone and I hit the little button Mm -hmm. and I can see how many calories did I burn Mm -hmm. roughly. I mean, it's not perfect, but roughly how many calories did I burn on that walk? And then your body naturally burns calories just from existing all day. So if I do a workout Mm -hmm. on top of what my body naturally does, Mm -hmm. I could easily burn like 2,800 calories, almost 3,000 calories a day, Mm -hmm. which means – you know, if I'm trying to lose weight, maybe I need to eat 2000 or 2200 mm-hmm. calories for mm-hmm. the day and always be at a deficit. Mm-hmm. And the last piece of advice I give people is just try to look for ways, creative ways that you can walk places. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things I started doing was I love playing golf. Mm-hmm. So I've always taken a cart mm-hmm. when I play golf.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But now I don't. Mm-hmm. I walk. I, I literally walk for four hours pushing my golf clubs on the golf course mm. and I'll load up beforehand. Cause don't do this. Cause I almost, I almost messed myself up one day. Cause I got like a heat, I got like heat exhaustion yeah. or whatever because <laughs> I didn't eat very well. Ah. But load up, get you a good meal. Yep. And then man, I did it on my watch mm-hmm. and I did for like four and a half hours. Mm-hmm. I was walking. I burned 3,800 calories. That's crazy. And just golf that just day. Golf. In addition to my body Your burning body calories yeah. for the rest of the day. I got on the scale the next day. I was like four pounds lighter. Wow. Because I had burned so much just from walking. Yeah, yeah. So just look for ways, whether it's taking stairs, whether it's whatever. Yeah, and a great part is this is connected to your spiritual health. Absolutely.
1: You feel better. You're, you're, for me, if I go to the gym in the morning, I'm more likely to read my Bible. I'm yes. more likely to pray. I'm yes. more likely to have a more productive—I'm more likely to go to sleep earlier. I'm less likely to look at things I shouldn't look at. Yeah. I'm right, like It's all, it's connected. all connected. And yeah. I think sometimes Christians do themselves a disservice of compartmentalizing health and fitness. Yeah. And it's like, man, you get your health and fitness in check, you will be shocked how many other things start to open up for you.
0: Yeah, no yeah. doubt.
1: Word, Alan, this was incredible, man. Any
0: final thoughts before we get out of here? No, nah, man, I'm just, uh, this has been great, man. Uh, just thank God for you, your friendship, how we got connected uh, through John, I want to say about two years ago or something like yeah, that, yeah, maybe something like that. Almost two years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, man, I'm just I'm just glad, uh, just super proud of you for what you're doing, thank man. You, and uh, uh, just pray that you guys who are watching this will really, really um, support uh, Ruslan. He's doing some amazing work for the kingdom. Uh, we need your support. He needs your support. So, Uh, I just encourage you guys to do that. But thanks for having me on, man. And and let's continue. Let's keep this up, man. Let's do some more collabs together. All
1: right, brother. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for watching. We're out of here. Peace. Peace.
0: And it said said that Simeon Bless God.